Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. I'm actually doing this episode of Arise broadcast from Nigeria. I'm actually at the moment with Pastor Pony, and it's such a privilege to come to you today. Let me just say that you may hear the sound of the generator at the background. It is what it is. Also, the sound may squeak a little bit again. It is what it is. We just believe God that we all will be blessed during this episode. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. We have been talking about the story of the whole Bible. I remember we are now spending such a big, big time looking at the beginning because this beginning of every story is really very important and we are establishing a couple of important points. So I'm not going to go through what we've done before, but that is our picture that we have been looking at. So we are actually at a point where we have looked at two epic characters in this story. We have looked at God and we have looked at the creation of humanity. And we said that the story that we read, we need to understand that the story of the Bible is set against the background of kings and kingdom. It's the story of a king. It's the story of God. Okay, it's not, Genesis is not the story of creation. Genesis is the story of the creator. Yes, he is creating, but the essential subject and object of that story is the God who is king and who is establishes his kingdom and who then created man to be his vast region, to created the man and the woman to be his deputy governor. And he put them in charge to rule as his representative, to rule under his leadership and to propagate the kingdom of God that God has inaugurated in the book of Genesis. Praise the Lord. And also one of the things we've done is that we've actually touched on the nature of God. And also we've also touched a bit on the concept of the kingdom of God. And there's still a lot for us to talk about the nature of God and the concept of the kingdom of God, but we are going to come to that in future teaching by the grace of God. So we are actually on day seven. Wow, wow. That is what we are talking about on day seven. So we have seen that God created, you know, the, the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth in six days. We saw this monumental operation of God for six days. God was saying, let there be and their words, let there be, and their words. And we saw that the crown of creation was when on the sixth day, in addition to all the things that God did on the sixth day, on the sixth day, God created humans. God said, come, let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness. And God created humanity. And essentially, that actually ended the process of the creation that we saw in the New Testament. But the question we then ask ourselves is what happened on the seventh day? You know, that is where we are. We said what happened on the seventh day is that God rested. God rested. So we've been looking at this concept of the rest of God or what we call the Sabbath rest. And this is very, very important. And we said the Sabbath is not a question of a day. Just like creation is not the question of creation. Sabbath is not a question of a day, but Sabbath is about God, the God that rested on the seventh day. Okay, before we say anything more, let's do some reading. We read this in previous teaching. 
But let's read it again. So we are going to read Genesis chapter 1. We read verse 1. Then we drop down to verses 26 and 27. And we read verse 31. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let us make man, that's verse 26, in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Let's drop down to verse 31. And God saw everything that he has made and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Obviously, you know I'm going to read the first three verses in chapter 2, like we said in previous teaching. Actually, the first three verses in chapter 2 is part of the creation story. It's just a little bit unfortunate that when they were dividing the scripture, they put it in chapter 2, but it was still part of the creation story. So let's read chapter 2, verses 1, 2, 3. Okay, thus the heavens and the earth was finished, and all the host of them, and on the seventh day God ended his work, which he has made, and he rested. And this is very important. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he has made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he has rested from all his work, which God created and made. Wow. This is really very, very important. The, the question we are asking ourselves is, what did God do on the seventh day? We said that God rested on the seventh day. And what I want to do today is for us to see, number one, what God did on the seventh day, which actually then set the seventh day apart from the other days. We remember when we were looking at what set apart the creation of humanity from the creation of all other animals. The same way God set apart the seventh day from the other six days. Now, the other six days are important. In fact, the other six days are so important for what we are going to talk about in the seventh day. But the seventh day is absolutely, you know, uh, different. Or is in God put it in a class of his own. God placed a special uh, importance on the seventh day. The first thing we see is that the Bible says that God blessed the seventh day. Previously, God blessed what he created. God blessed man. God said they should, you know, multiply. And they should fill the earth. And the Bible says, and God blessed them. In other days, God blessed living creatures and God blessed humanity. But when we come to the seventh day, God actually blessed the seventh day. The day itself. God blessed the day itself. And by so doing, God make it out to be special. So even though the seventh day is also a day, we can see straight away because God blessed the seventh day. We can see straight away that God placed the seventh day to have a a, a unique and a special significance and understanding. I mean, let me read that again. The Bible says that, and God, that's Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and God sanctified. What does it mean to sanctify something? Is to set it apart. When you sanctify something, you set it apart for holy use. In other words, God set the seventh day apart from the six days. Now, it is part of the six days, okay? <laughs> but the Bible says that this seventh day is very important. God blessed it. God sanctified it. Why? Because in it, God rested from his work that he has created. So that is one special, special importance that we have seen about the seventh day. Then the other thing we see about the other six days is that the other six days came to an end 
with their creative activity. In other words, the Bible says on the first day, God did this and did this and did this and did this. And then it was morning, it is evening and the first day. So it is what we knew about the first six days is about God's activities. And this is going to be important with respect to one or two things I'm going to be mentioning as we move on. And also, every one of these six days was supplanted or was followed by the next day. And the next day will come with its own creative activity. But the seventh day is not like that. The seventh day, there was no activity. The seventh day is not known by God's activity. The seventh day is known by God's rest. And obviously, we know that the rest of God is connected to the activity in the previous six days. God could not have rested on the seventh day if he's not been active in the first six days. But we need to understand that the first six days were known by their works, the works of God, the works of power, the works of creation. God did this and God did that morning and evening the first day. Then second day came, morning and evening. But the seventh day is not known by God's activity because God is resting. And I'm going to say one or two things about that. The seventh day is known by God's rest. And also, the seventh day was not supplanted, was not followed by the eighth day. And this is very, very important. The Bible didn't talk to us about that. In, 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 in fact, the signs that you, you see in the scripture is as if the seventh day is perpetuated. It is a day. It is a day just like the first, second, third, up to the sixth day. The seventh day is a day. Yes, in a sense of a day is a day. But we see that the seventh day was not followed by an eighth day. There's a sense in which the seventh day, there's there is a significance to this seventh day. There's a sense in which that seventh day is being perpetuated. There's a sense in which the implication of the seventh day actually pushed out beyond the physical hours of the seventh day. So this is very, very important. So we see here that after the six dramatic days of creation, in this seventh day, God rested. And this was the concept. This was the beginning of the concept of the Sabbath. And you will see, like I mentioned in previous study, that this concept of the Sabbath actually run throughout the scripture. And what we told ourselves is this. A lot of people fight about the Sabbath. Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? Which day is it? But we said that we need to understand that for us to understand the Sabbath rest, we need to understand what is happening here when God instituted the Sabbath in the creation. And we said, and I've mentioned it already today, that it is not about the day, it is about what God is doing. And we said the word that is, tra that is translated rest in Hebrew is the word Shabbat. So when we talk about God's rest, what we are talking about is God's Shabbat. And we said that word simply means to stop, to cease. God did not rest from his work because he was tired. God rested because his work is done. And this is very, very important for us to understand. God did not rest to catch his breath. God did not rest because he's tired. God rested because when we talk about rest, it's because I've been doing so much, I need to catch my breath, I need to take a cup of water, I need to take a cup of drink, but no. God's rest, the word rest, Shabbat in Hebrew, actually means to cease, to stop. God rested on the seventh day because his work of creation was done. And that is the first thing we have established. And we also said that actually that the seventh day, when you understand the concept of rest, the seventh day is not a time when God is idle. 
Rest does not mean that the individual that is resting is idle. Rest does not mean that the individual that is resting is doing nothing. Rest actually means that God stopped doing what he was doing before and is actually doing something else. And one of the things you will understand as we go through this concept of Shabbat, this concept of rest, is that actually God kept doing something during this period of Shabbat, but he's just doing something that is different. And we did mention one or two things of this, that God's rest is a state or a place where God rules and manages the creation. Okay, God has spent six days to create order. God has spent six days to put order in place in his kingdom. God has spent six days to appoint and to, to, to put his king, his, his vassal regent, his man and the woman, and he's put them over this kingdom that he has created. Now, the seventh day is not a day when God elopes, no. So the rest of God is a state or a place where God is actually ruling and managing his creation through the man and the woman that God has created. And one of the things I did the last time, which I'm not going into, is that I was looking at biblical pattern from the culture of the days in which the scripture was written. And I'm not going to go back into that. If you are not in the previous teaching, please go back and look at it. Because this pattern that we see in the culture and in the practices of the people that surround the days of the Bible, they actually help us to throw light on biblical concept of divine rest. And what we have learned from ancient Near East thought and culture is the fact that when we talk about divine rest, okay, it is associated with the act of creation and putting things in order, that divine rest is achieved after a walk. In, in this particular case, you rest after you have done, God has done creation. And we said the temple is the center of rest. That God, after God has created all the gods in the pagan world, after they have done all the activity, where do they go to rest? They actually rested in the temple. Okay, and lastly, we said that rest talk about, it's not talking about idleness. Rest actually talk about control, talks about government, talks about stability. So I'm not going to go into all that. So what we are saying in essence is that rest is at the same time, it's, there's a sense in which rest is a form of disengagement, but there's also a sense in which rest is a form of engagement. Number one, God disengaged from the process of creation. Why? Because his work is done. But God engages as the king at the helm of his creation, at the king at the helm of his kingdom. But this time through humanity that God has created, God is still engaged with his creation to manage it and to maintain it to order it and to secure it and to make it stable. And this is what God was doing on the seventh day of creation. So, and this is very, very important. So when we look at the creation story, please follow me very well because this is very important. When we look at the creation story, one of the things you will see is that there are two peaks in the creation story. The one peak is the creation of mankind, the man and the woman as the crown of creation. And we've seen that. That was the crown jewel of God's creation. So the creation of the man and the woman is, is actually the crown of creation. That is one peak of creation. But there's a second peak. The second peak, the second high of creation is this Sabbath rest. And listen to me. And this is very, very important. The creation doesn't stop at day six. And it is very, very important for us to understand this. That the Sabbath rest is actually the supreme goal of 
creation. The supreme goal. In other words, what was happening in the first six days, the, the goal of all those things is actually the rest. This is the supreme goal. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 4. I believe that we did mention this in our previous study. I'm just going to read verses 3 to 4, 3 and 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. He said, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my right, wrought, if they shall enter into my rest, although the work were finished from the foundation of the world. And that is, that is actually putting to us in a verse, a summary of everything that we have been talking about. A summary of the seventh day of creation. He said, look, all that creation, he said that God entered into his rest because his works were finished. So what I'm saying here is that the seventh day, the rest was actually the goal of creation. And verse 4 says, for God spake in a certain place of the seven days on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his work. Remember what I said, how God has put a special significance on the seventh day. How God has put a special blessing on the seventh day. And God has set the seventh day and sanctified. And that is just because, like we already said here, that the Sabbath rest, this rest, is the supreme goal of creation. And I'm going to be going a little bit more into the reason why this is the case. Okay. But I'm going to stop here. I know this is a short one, but I'm going to stop here. But what I want you to take away is the fact that this Sabbath rest, this Sabbath, this seventh day, number one, is, is a day in which God disengages from creation because his work is finished. But it's also a day in which God engages because God's still doing something. You know, the, the Lord Jesus said, I walk because my father works. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And there's another rest we are going to talk about in the New Testament. God rested. Okay, God rested because his work of creation is complete. Amen. But God did not go on holiday. God is still involved in his creation. He's still directing. He's still instructing. He's still helping. He's still governing. But he's doing it through his man and through his woman. Hallelujah. And the seventh day, like we said, it was actually the goal. God has brought man into his rest. And let me go ahead of myself. God actually wanted Adam. I mean, Adam and Eve are going to be busy. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because he said they should multiply and they should subdue the earth. God gave them work to do. But God wants them to live out from a place of rest. <laughs> that what defines our life here on earth is not work. That what defines our life is rest. God wants us to work. God wants us to work out of a place of rest. I'm talking about God's children. And one of the things that is lacking in the world today is rest. And what, another word we can use for rest is peace. The Lord Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation. He said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give, give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. God wants us to live our life out of from the seventh day. And this is very important. God wants to live our life from the seventh day from the reality and the experience of the seventh day. And we are going to be looking into that by the grace of God. Now, if you are listening to me tonight and you are not saved, you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not resting. You are still, the Bible says that as many as are not born again, they are under the wrath of God. But the good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You can come to Jesus tonight. You can tell him, I am a sinner. I need help. Save me and he will. Ask him to be your Lord. He will come into your life. He will save you. What does that mean? 
that rebellious spirit inside you will take it out. It will give you a new spirit. You will become a daughter, a son of God. It will give you his own spirit. It will walk with you as your father on this earth. And when this creation is all over and it will be over, then you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. Do it today because tomorrow may be too late. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.